So Rob, we have a, we have this new idea, right? We always yep. have this like kind of interstitial we session do. or this teaser session. Um, and uh, you don't like the way I edit these because I usually end up making too much fun of you and, and, and make you look bad. Although I- It was a very difficult thing to do. I don't know how long you spend doing it, but it must be weeks. <laughs> so let's turn these into kind of reactions to the conversations we just had. Okay. okay. So, well, I thought we were going to do this as a sort of a solution hypothesis. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You can you can word it any way you want to make it feel like it's your idea. That's fine. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so which which episode are we going to solve for? Um, so we just came off of this phenomenal conversation with Danny Nirenberg, which everybody's going to hear next week. So that's yep. a teaser for that. But let's actually go back to uh, Senior Michael Slaby and uh, the author of For All the People. Um, yes. So let's talk a little, love your kind of a your disreactions to that conversation. Some of the things we spoke about um, and just how you kind of came out of that conversation and, and what you're thinking about. Uh, so I came out thinking being a little hopeless because the, there's a great book called thinking fast and thinking slow that describes the, the predilections of our reptilian brain and our conscious brain. And um, the ending is not good, right? The ending is that limbic brain is tough to overcome. And are you just, are you just, are you pissed that you're not getting your jetpack? <laughs> well, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I'm, I'm going to probably file a class action suit for the jetpack. <laughs> um, so the, we become, but I think we, we, it's very easy to get um, sucked into worshiping the problem. And um, it's difficult to solve, but, you know, I'm a solutions engineer, right? Solution engineer, like, and I love that. So saying it's a big problem and it's not my problem to fix Facebook's business model is unsatisfying. I get it, but we're not going, no one's going to, Facebook doesn't think they have a problem. So this isn't a function of fixing Facebook. This is a function of fixing some other mechanism. You know, I, is, I agree with that. I think the whole idea of like, you know, I think when Mike's like, it's not my job to solve Facebook's business problem. It's not, but we still need to do it as a, as a society or whatever someone does. Cause well, we better, uh, we, we better come up with different ways to monetize media. But again, to just put a fine point on it, that different ways to monetize media is not Facebook's problem. It's society's problem. That's what I'm saying. So like that, yeah. therefore society, people in society need to come up with different way, business models than we're using today yes, by which to do exactly. that. And I think a lot of the problems we face today are going to be solved by a combination of business model innovation and technical innovation. How do you monetize in non-traditional ways? You know, uh, Wall Street Journal, The Guardian, Wikipedia, they all have sort of some consumer component to multi-source funding. And the hypothesis is that that will preserve fair and balanced reporting. It's not algo-driven, you know, uh, hyper-promulgation of conspiracy theories. So just, for, for listeners, he did not say algor-driven. He said algo, which I think is algo. That's right. Algorithmically, right. The, we have to decompose these problems. Um, if we let them stand as giant hairy problems, they are unattractive to think about because it's very easy to say that's hopeless. 
you know, solving global warming is a very difficult thing to think about because you have to act in the small. Solving uh, our penchant for feeding our confirmation bias and social media is very difficult unless we divide it up into very small chunks. And, and then we can use behavior modification, technology, all kinds of things to solve the little chunks. But this problem stems from a million component problems. Right. But it kind of leads you almost a little bit in a scary way to social engineering, right? Because you need someone to say, oh, here's the whole big problem in here. Like we're breaking up it into these little pieces, or is there a more networked distributed model by which to attack the problem? I think this comes down to economics. So the only way this is going to happen sustainably is if there's a, um, an, a positive economic outcome. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we decompose it, but artificial supports, um, in my opinion, sort of, um, alter the outcome, right. In ways that are not predictable. We're going to have natural systems. Economics is a great natural system that keeps things in balance. So we have to figure out how do we, you know, what is the economic cost of, uh, feeding confirmation bias? Right. And can we tease that out? And then how do we create a a business or an economic model around that? I don't know if that's if there's if there's one of those or if the problem needs to be sort of taken down a notch or two or three or four. But at some point there's if there's not an economic cost uh that comes out of somebody's pocket, you're gonna it's it becomes a social cause, a do good cause, and those are difficult to sustain, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing, the part of Mike's book, I think is really wonderful is the way he kind of articulates there's not a story of America and there never has been one story of America, but there's stories of America. And throughout history, they're either kind of Venn diagrams and God, I just said Venn diagram and I feel like Rob Page um, that overlap a lot. And then there's other times when they're, they pull apart and almost in separate. And we are definitely in a, uh, flow stage of the ebb and flow of that, where the tectonic plates of our stories are by pulling apart, right? And in and I think he does a really good job of of talking about that. And and I think well, part he, of that he, he made a great point early in the podcast. He's like the founding fathers thought we were too diverse to be a single governed body. O M F G. If we were amongst too diverse, the white landowning class. If, if we were too diverse back then, like it's amazing we made it past 1790, right? Right. So I, right. I think there's there is still something to the American melting pot identity of anything is possible. I I do still think that that is the that's the American identity. Well, and, and this kind of gets to, you know, is maybe a little more personal than I usually get on this podcast, but like for me, America stands for, hey, you know, it may not be, <clears throat> it, it never has been true, but it's the idea, the idea and the ideal that everyone has an opportunity. Everyone is equal. Like everyone can start on the, on the, on the same level playing field, but our history is, well, that's not true. Right. When I came out of the womb, 
my wife likes to say that I was on level 15 of the video game with almost like with a hundred, you know, a hundred spaceships that I could play with. Whereas someone that was born in Cabrini Green, 20 miles from my house in Chicago was on level one with one ship and one bullet left, um, you know, to play the game. Right. And so, you know, I think that, that kind of that, I think if you kind of take America as like our ideal is to get it to a point where anybody from the world can come and be here and like have a shot, like that's what gets me fired up. And then I'm like, Oh wait, we got to figure out how to level the playing field for everybody. But then there's another story that's being told where it's like, no, America was, is, is a, is a place where kind of Europeans came and we set up and it was, it was a, um, kind of a, I'm trying to be very careful with my words here. Right. But like, that's the kind of place that it was. And it's a, it's a different starting point for that narrative. It's a different starting point, but we wrote down word. The founding fathers wrote down words that transcend time. They, they are the objective. I think if we get away from that objective, it's going to be a problem. But the notion that all men are created equal and you're, you're, you're entitled to your pursuit of happiness. Like that is moving to me. And you're right. It's not true for many. It it is true for some, um, and we need to make it true for everybody. Because I think that, to me, if it were true for everybody, um, then America's realized its potential. But no, no system created by people is perfect. Everyone writes their words down, their ambitions, and then they per- proceed to try to remove the imperfections. I mean, I can't think of an organization, religious social, civic, academic, governmental, corporate, capitalist, everyone's trying to to be better. Yeah. All right. Well that was good. Um we didn't solve the we didn't solve the problem. And I'm a well okay so let's but so I think you know getting to what in a way I guess the question with Mike's episode is what problem are we trying to solve? Are we trying to solve the political problem? We're trying to solve the media problem. And I think the, you know, if we're, if we're trying to solve the problem of what role media plays in our society in making it as productive as possible, you know, I, think I, I don't think it, that's the problem. What's the problem? I think the problem is instilling in our citizenry a, a question driven pursuit of truth. Because that's then then that helps us with science, that helps us with civics, helps us with all kinds of pursuits. And so, so and basically, it, it makes sure we institute a critical thinking model of education into our education system. Yes, where where even things that we think of as fact are tested. You know that many of Einstein's theories have been proven incorrect, not by thousands of percents, but at the edge. Well, and if someone and just Einstein's said, well, Albert's really smart. Well, Einstein's life was dedicated to proving his own theories wrong. Exactly. He was right. like, the cosmic constant is is wrong. I got it wrong. And he was frustrated. Anyway, the, the point is, every time you think you know something, you need, to, you need to try to prove it false. It's sort of the scientific method. And to me, all of this like confirmation bias feeds a is a manifestation of us not wanting to seek the truth. 
Right. But I mean, you can, but Mike made this point. I thought it was a great one too, but we have to remember like right now it's scary. Like it's a scary time in human history, you know, for us, there's a global pandemic. Um, you know, there's, we have, you know, the ec- economics are interesting. We're in the middle of like a disruption cycle where, you know, the skills people had in, in 10 years ago are no longer relevant um, or, you know, falling wages, all of those things are happening and you can track the rise of actually religiosity. I can't say that word. So I'm not going to try it again um, to times of unsettling times. Right. And I think, you know, part of this whole division in America and, and across the world is happening because of that, because there isn't, clear hope. But, and I've, I just tried to Google it and I can't find it. There's a famous quote by, I think it was Socrates and long and short of it was, um, the legislature is a mess. The economy is in the, in the crapper and, um, you know, young people don't know how good they have it. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. I think I just saw that in the news. And it's like, Socrates. So I think we have this, we have a, we could easily have an overdone notion of how bad things are now, which is, but that's the human condition is that things are bad now. Yeah. And so, okay. Let's be sparked another thought. I believe his name is Socrates, by the way, just, just <laughs> to make that right. But um, I, so one of the issues I have now is like, Maybe, maybe things are just as they are. Like, you know, I think about my parents and they're worried about like the, you know, the red scare and diving under their desks for like nuclear war. Just like, I know that's, that was probably your era, but, um, and, you know, and then, you know, then there was, you know, terrorism and now there's COVID and like, there's always something, but what we, you know, and, and, but I also felt too, like we had like Martin Luther King, like you had Gandhi, right. You had, you know, you had JFK, you had these people that embodied, hope. Right. I mean, man, you like that's, that's why I think Martin Luther King was such an amazing figure. Gandhi too, because they are facing like ridiculous unless so JFK, because, you know, MLK and Gandhi were facing overriding like racism and negativity in their lives, but they were able to rise above it and like instill hope and have a vision. Whereas, and I think it ties right back to the slavery conversation in this day and age, who can do that? Who can actually step up without being ripped down on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, Fox News or CNN? Like, you know, it's almost like no, it's, nearly it's impossible no, to take it, that I'm position. sitting here thinking, I, who, uh, the high ground is unattainable or unpreservable. You have to sort of create a local high ground and hope nobody notices because this is, we definitely have a teardown culture, which is disgusting, right? Yeah. No, no um, one can be celebrated. And I think, you know, the other thing too, is like, you know, humans are human, right? Every human has their foibles. Every human has their mistakes. Every human has their skeletons in the closet. Did you learn that at Notre Dame? Well, everybody from Notre Dame is perfect. So I don't, I don't know. Did they, but did they teach that all humans are human? Because that's that was something. <laughs> wow. I'm going I'm I'm to tease that out in the trailer. Wow. Okay. Maybe it's just your curricula. Yes. Well, uh, I'm going to move on from that one. So... <laughs> Um, I'm post-producing so, this teaser. So yeah. listen, we're out of time in this. I, I, yeah. I think the, I think the, 
the hardest problem in solving problems is identifying the right problem to solve. And I'm and I I think it's this truth thing. And not and you but you make a great point. Um, there's something related to uh, keeping people keeping positive voices down because you're right. Like we have not had a, even Nelson Mandela, uh, which is maybe the most recent case of someone just really uh, persevering, right? An example for people. Yeah. So to kind of sum up, I think, you know, you kind of nailed it with like, you know, listen, obsess about the problem, like obsess about the problem. Let's figure out what that problem is and define it. Let's create a bunch of Tic Tacs out of it, break it down into some other things that are actionable for people. But I think then there's this more kind of social piece of this around hope and like, how do we actually get that kind of shared vision of hope um, that actually helps fuel people to kind of stay engaged and not kind of, you know, check out or, you know, kind of go buy into the conspiracies or, you know, just kind of go like, I'm just going to go rogue and solve this by myself. Right. Yeah. So. All right, man. Right on. Great chat.